Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, Trent here, and it's wonderful to have your company today for episode 191. This week, it's all about Hasbro as we dive in to all the news from PulseCon. That's right. And you realize when you look at PulseCon, how many cool lines Hasbro does have on offer. Joining me today in the virtual Toy Power studio, we've got Frank. Boy, hoy. And Darren. Good to be with you, everyone. And unfortunately, we're missing Ben. Ben, it is school holidays here in uh, in Australia, and Ben is holidaying down at Moonter as he always does. Um, so he's sorry to miss this episode, but he does. He did give me a bit of a, a shout out to do when I get to one of the particular toy lines, which Ooh. I will will shout out to Ben on. Um, this has been pretty cool. Like this is, I guess, a bit of a response to COVID yep. and the fact that, you know, San Diego, which is normally one of the big toy reveal events of the, of the year, couldn't go ahead in person. So they did their sort of virtual thing. Hasbro, it's almost like they said, look, let's, we've got enough to do this kind of on our own time, yeah, on our own steam. They often do kind of, you know, like a Star Wars celebration reveal and that they save a few toys for that. So they've just all lumped it together in what is now the first PulseCon. So did they not reveal anything at San Diego time? Because they must have revealed even just a couple of things. I don't, I don't remember exactly because San Diego was the, the mishmash uh, that it was. But they must have yeah, revealed something. I feel like we got then. stuff from yeah. Hasbro. Yeah, yeah without being able to quote too. what it was, I feel like they had reveals, and it was probably in the big lines. Like I'm sure they would have had some Star Wars reveals. Mm. Um, and that's what they quite often did, I think, at San Diego, was they gave you some of the stuff and then they held back, you know, some of the other stuff. Later in the year, yep. All right, Darren, do you want to take us away and probably one of the most exciting and anticipated projects of the Star Wars universe? We all know how popular Disney's The Mandalorian was. What are we getting in terms of the HasLab funding project from from hasbro so the new haslab uh project is the mandalorian razor crest ship from the hit tv show part of the vintage collection so scaled for 3.75 inch um scale figures so ideal for um our good friend gilly um comes with exclusive mando figure with cloth cape features a fully detailed interior including a weapons rack all weapons are removable and based on the show the pat- detachable panels and engine to recreate the scenes of Jawas tearing down the ship. Kickstarter runs until November 9 and needs 6,000 backers to be successful. But in the first 24 hours, it's already reached that mark. So <laughs> come yep. it is. Yeah. It's a That's, done deal. Now, look, it's a very popular ship. It's a very popular show. Uh, it looks great. There are a couple of tiers to this one. Mm-hmm. I noticed uh, they had a few shots of kind of the top section of the ship coming apart in different sections. And I didn't know what it was at first. I thought it might've been, you know, there's a scene in episode one of the Mandalorian where he's got this whole line of 
uh, basically his bounties that mm. he's frozen in carbon, carbon freeze. Yep. I thought it might be like a section to house the carbon freeze bounties, but it was actually an escape pod. Yep. So you could actually fit the Mandalorian into this little escape pod, close him up and like launch him off. So that was neat. And then I reckon in the last day or so, I've seen a little baby Yoda or the child in his little capsule. Oh. And I've got in front of me like the, the black series six inch scale um, child figure. And I can tell you what comes in this cute little box, <laughs> but that thing is tiny. I mean, it's in scale, it is, it is it's scale. very it's small. I can't imagine how tiny a three and three quarter inch version <laughs> it's of a child. It's going to be super be. small. Yeah, so you're right. That first unlock was the, um, what do you call it, escape pod. Um, and the other one, that must have only just come up in the last few hours because I checked the page earlier today and that second unlock hadn't been revealed. But it is a child figure with uh, end of season one hover chair. Yep. Um, yeah, interesting. Okay. It what actually... are your thoughts? I think this, funny enough, I mean, it's three and three quarter inch scale, which is... To me, the scale you want to do vehicles in. Yes. Because, you know, six inches is a great figure scale, but I mean, those vehicles, I mean, I just remember when that first, um, I think it was basically the new order TIE Fighter came out. And that box just hung around stores for a long time. Yep. I think predominantly one due to price, but also due to the just the size of the packaging. Yeah, the space issue. Oh, man. And they had to clearance that thing. It's a big item. This is a big item for three and three quarter inch scale. I, I can't remember the dimensions, but it, it's it's huge. Like it it is a big twenty inches twenty inches wide by thirty inches long, ten and a yeah. half inches tall. So that gives you an idea of the scale. That's massive. And mm. I think what is it, am I correct? I feel like I saw this uh, going up on a few of the Australian websites for seven hundred dollars Australian. Oof, that's because what is it uh, in in American dollars? It is three three fifty. Yeah, um, that sounds so, about right. Yeah, so then you got shipping on top of that as well. So, um, yeah, seven hundred. I don't know when you when you consider that the Unicron and the Sentinel are around that price as well. This feels a little on the expensive side in comparison to the other Haslabs projects. Yep. Um, very impressive. And look, to anyone who who loves their as Darren said at the start, they're three and three quarter inch Star Wars. It's, it's a bit of a must have to, to, to be completely honest. So um, be interesting to see. But yeah, it's, it's cr- crossed that uh, as of this recording, eight and a half thousand backers to unlock Baby Yoda. They need to get to the 10,000 backers mark. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. And with 40 days to run, you can imagine it's going to smash that. Easily. And we're not done with vintage collection news. So we have an Attack of the Clones Anakin with new cloak soft goods on Anakin, photo real face, uh, the Phantom Menace Queen Amidala black dress, photo real face, Phantom Menace battle droid, Return of the Jedi TIE fighter pilot, and a Captain Rex, all coming in the three and three quarter inch scale. So um, they they look really impressive. Just looking at, at them there, if that's your scale for Star Wars, uh, and we know for a lot of people it is. It's a legacy scale. So, yeah, they look really cool. So these and figures have never been done at this scale. Is that correct? Uh, I think they've been done before. Like in, in these lines, Phantom Menace came out in 99. Mm. Yeah, it was only in that been... scale then, but but not with the new photo, the photo technology. Yeah. yeah, so these are updates. Uh, and that I, I'm intrigued. I'm looking at the photo in front of me. And to be honest, 
I can't really see a lot of the face detail to make an assessment on how good the face reel is translating at this scale. Mm. I, I think we had this debate, you know, back in the day when face reel or, you know, the, the photo reel stuff was first being, you know, put through and we we're like, wow, that's impressive, but surely they can't do it any smaller than that. And, and now they're bringing it in, in this scale. Very, very cool. And, and um, interested to see how they, they look in person. The other thing is I noticed vintage collection stuff in Australian retail has always hovered around the $25 mark. And to me, that's an, ex I know that that feels very expensive. Yeah, it does. We were used to, but vintage cards, very nostalgic. You know, some people obviously then, you know, are quite happy to put up the 25. Interestingly, this new set has gone up for pre-order and it's retailing at the RRP of $35 Australian. Oof, so $10 jump. Game. We've always talked, I mean, we've talked a lot to toy manufacturers and I know uh, the Mythic Legions line that was done by the Four Horsemen, they investigated doing that at the smaller scale mm. and they found it was basically a very similar cost to the three and three quarter inch scale and what you get in the six inch. This is a very interesting, you know, they're adding the face reel, it's a Star Wars property, but we're almost paying what we are. Like if you go into the store now, you can get uh, Star Wars black. You can in fact get the new box art wave, the one with, you know, Admiral Akbar, that wave. Yep. I, you can see those in store for $35 Australian. So this is a very interesting shift in the, the price point of these figures. Did, now, Frank, did you hear anything about this being maybe like sort of COVID related? Um, I, I didn't. I, I could just imagine that being Hasbro's response if if they were sort of questioned on it. Now, I can't. I got to say, I'm not surprised by this because when photo reel started becoming a real thing was when the, of course, the MCU really took off as far as they were putting out these figures that looked like your Chris Evans, your Robert Downey's, etc. Um, and Hasbro at the time basically said, "Hey." Just so you know, if you want these really cool-looking movie figures, the price is going to go up a bit because that's the cost of doing business with Photo Real. And it was it was said at the time that oh, this will only be for the movie figures, and everyone's like, no, it's not. No company ever increases their prices just to drop them back down later on. So that's and that's sort of where Marvel Legends has settled at that when it would have been you know thirty thirty five price point. It's now forty forty five. $50 even for some of the, you know, more exclusive ones. So um, the fact that Star Wars, also a Hasbro brand, have caught up to that, even at this smaller scale, kind of doesn't surprise me. What else do we get, Darren? So we have some Black Series stuff. We have, um, so we have um, a Clone Trooper refresh, um, a Phantom Menace Jar Jar Binks, which I know a lot of people have been just salivating for for years. Everyone's so, favorite side. I'll be happy to have demanded him. figure ever. <laughs> yes, that's right. So they'll be happy to be able to check him off their most wanted list. A Return of the Jedi Boba Fett, improved articulation, all new sculpt, flame grapple hook, removable backpack, gun cut in half, um, molded cape. Now, one of my favorites is actually um, the next one we're going to talk about, the Dark Side Ray soft goods cape switchblade. Yep. Um, just love that scene in, Looks cool. in the um, uh, Rise of Skywalker. And, and that I, I know it's a, a blinking you miss it scene, but it's mm. just such a cool idea for a figure in my view. Yep. And uh, we also have the um, 
Mendo incinerator trooper, flame effect backpack, new trooper mold, and the Mend- Mendo the armor exclusive version from Celebration exclusive will be mainline later. So these yeah. look, I, I have to give it to them. I mean, as as unpopular a character as Jar Jar is, he looks fantastic. He and does, and, and let's be honest, shield. Um, yeah. whether you like him or not, he is part of the story. Yeah, oh look, he is. Um, you know, people may disagree with the the use of a, a character like that in yep. the Star Wars universe, but there is a lot of precedent for the comic relief. Um, I think it's a great looking figure. I love that shield. Mm. You know, the the um almost sort of like uh, shield. Clear yeah. translucent, clear energy thing, use. but it's got like a little, like a nice purple sort of wash to it. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Mm. Like it to me, it looks like a digital effect out of the movie, which is really cool for a for a piece of plastic. Um, and that Boba Fett, I didn't realize how different the look kind of was. Um, and maybe it's not super different, but they've gone whole new sculpt. So good on them. They've probably got enough value out of that original Boba Fett sculpt <laughs> with all the different. Uh, repackages that they've done interestingly again on price and i won't dwell on it but i saw uh i think it was jar jar and boba 60 dollars. some of the other figures like the ray i think the ray wasn't as much for some reason and i don't get the logic but the ray was only because jar jar is such a highly sought after <laughs> well yeah i mean but if they're, uh, maybe they're it's all, the shield if, maybe if they're yeah, all maybe, standard you know, that probably mm. makes more sense than anything else well, i can't see it either otherwise uh, but the good news is that we're not done with black series the star wars black series archive collection is back for another wave and we have archive commander Komo- uh, commander cody we have M- archive empire strikes back hoff luke new photo real face a empire strikes back han hoff gear with the brown jacket photo real face and an archive thrawn um, with photo real face, red eyes. Now, I think sensational ideas. Uh, these figures go for quite a bit on the secondary market. So to put them back out there and give people a chance to get them at a at a retail price, even if that retail price is moving up, is, is yeah. you know much better than people battling it out on eBay and the likes. I feel like I've only seen the Hoth, Han, and Luke in with the Wampa and the Torn Torn. I may, I may be, I may have that mm. slightly wrong, but that's. That is, I feel like, the only way you've been was able the to get those the Was the Han in the offset from a oh. couple of years ago? At the um, um, no, that was a different Han, wasn't it? That was I think that was the Mylock, the, yeah. the, the Minoc scene where they're you've got the gas masks on and they're inside. Yeah, the, no, there was another one from the same year that came out in a offset with Leia. Okay, yeah. but but I mean, that that could be you could be right. They've done a lot of sort of special editions, but in terms of mainline releases, I think you know, and maybe first single card release. Yeah, interestingly, with Grand Admiral Thrawn going face real on a non actual character. Yeah, character. I thought that was fascinating when I read that. <laughs> well, they've done it with a few of the rebels. You know, they've yeah. gone that more realistic look. The other thing, it's not on the run sheet that I did notice, and, and I'll let you go to these these weird holiday exclusives in a minute, Darren. Was yes, the Mandalorian show? There's that beautiful artwork at the end, mm. and I did notice some figures uh, that were repaints. I think these were all exclusives. I can't remember. They were all different exclusives. Some were Target, blah, blah, blah. Um, but done on like vintage card backs in the six-inch scale, um, but with the with the credit end credit sequence artwork on the side. And I thought like the Cara Dune had this beautiful color scheme. 
Um, so some of those were really nice, just repaints. Mm. Um, but that just, just worth a shout out. I don't know if that was a reveal at, at um, PulseCon or if just that was slightly before. I think it came out just I, before, yeah. Yeah, they looked, they looked really, really cool. Yep. Just as a bit of a Star Wars dummy in regards to the toys here, can someone explain to me, we've got the Vintage Collection, we've got the Black Series, I understand that. Where does the archive, what does that monkey mean? Where does yeah, that sit? It's, it's Black Series. It's but Black what Series it is, is basically older characters that yep. are completely out of circulation. They're uh, often listed as a greatest hits line, so they're right. fan-requested figures that often haven't been uh, released or in circulation for a number of years and go for quite a significant amount on the secondary market. Okay. Yeah, right. so it's a way of trying to get them back out. Now they come on on and they don't come in the traditional um black series boxes. Yeah, yeah, they different. come on on a card um not a vintage style card but an, its own sort of archive uh card. So it's really okay. just I think Hasbro's described it at the time as a way of putting fan demanded fan requested figures back into fans hands that have long since disappeared gee i wish yeah. they'd do that with marvel legends because i've got i can give them a list straight away like <laughs> <laughs> well you know if these sell well enough i don't see why they can't with any of their lines i think it's a great idea mm. yeah making us buy the same toys over and over again that's right <laughs> that's exactly right there's always going to be someone who's going to say they want it on both on the box and in the card or they want the photo reel technology that's available yeah. now yeah and that that's the good point there darren is some of these figures like you know darth maul i think was one of the very first uh figures to be kind of archived he was, he was a wave one right back you know when the first black series six inch figures came out but what they were doing is they're always updating if it if uh. face reel makes sense they're doing the face reel and even with Yoda, they kind of, you know, they updated the face to kind of like a face reel. Um, yeah. So it's it's hard. You know, I when I was collecting this line, I had to get all of these as well, even though I had the majority of the original figures. There were a few, I think like the Bosque, uh, I never got on the original um, Black Series release, mm. but pretty much everything else I had and I was just rebuying. So yeah, yeah, they got they got me. They know how to get you. <laughs> they do. They do. Well, yeah. Well, one thing they're not going to get me with are these holidays. <laughs> these are wacky. I was waiting for it. How are we going to transition? <laughs> he has. These are actually a cool idea. I'm not sure they're going to buy them over, but I can see that for a lot of people, Star Wars and Christmas go hand in hand. <laughs> so without any further ado, we'll talk you through what they uh, have announced. So there's a bunch of holiday edition uh, Star Wars figures that are coming out. We have a Snowtrooper with Penguin, Porg, and Sword, which is a Walmart exclusive. We have a Sith Trooper with Babu Frick, Nerf Gun, Christmas Scarf at Best Buy, a Clone Trooper with Candy Cane, Stick, Ugly Sweater, Fat Penguin Porg at GameStop, a Stormtrooper with Praetorian Guard Weapon, Ugly Sweater, Snow Porg, which is an Amazon exclusive. And a range trooper, Santa theme, Ice Sif Baden, reindeer, um, and that's at Target. I mean, uh, the last time we saw a, a distinctly Christmas themed figure, I'm thinking of Santa He Man. Yeah, um, holiday He Man. And, <laughs> and, and you guys, as, as the hardcore Masters collectors, you are. I'm pretty sure Darren was the only one to pick one yep. up. Like, that, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, one figure I'm missing from that entire classics line. And I don't regret it. Yeah, exactly. Having said that, it did sell out. <laughs> yeah, it did. No, it, it did. did. It yep. sort of 
And I think this is interesting that it's market. each one yep. of them, the individually exclusives to different stores, like looking at the image, yep. you go, all right, that's a, a bit of a, a niche five pack. But if it was a five pack sold in one go, yeah, we'll probably sell that. If you really want all of these, you're trekking around or, or ordering from five different stores, which I think Absolutely. is Absolutely. And that's, that's going to really weed out the people who really want it from those who are sort of on the fence. Mm. I sort of see the the sense in these Christmas things because I understand, you know, that for a lot of people, their relationship with Star Wars would have started mm. at Christmas. Oh, yeah. yeah. It would have been what they got under the tree. So I understand why Hallmark bring out Star Wars Christmas decorations every year, why why there's, you know, that whole sort of cottage industry for stuff. So I can see what they've done is I don't think I'll be pursuing them as much as I did the holiday He-Man. Not that I think there's anything wrong with them or anyone getting them. I just think I've got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> yep. That, yep. That's, I, I find, I think it's a pretty easy line to draw. It has no real connection beyond the fact that maybe the films came out at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I didn't but, get Star Wars for Christmas either. I was a bit too, yep. even I was a bit too young for that. So, so um, I don't have that Christmas association with it that some people would have. Yeah. Okay, all right, we'll move on to some very cool news. A little bit interesting and maybe controversial. See what we think mm. uh, when we go around the room. But Ghostbusters had their panel, and we know that we're expecting a new Jason Reitman-directed film, son of Ivan Reitman, uh, doing Ghostbusters Afterlife. Can't wait for that. Paul Rudd, uh, we love him. He doesn't age. He looks as young. <laughs> What is he like? Um, oh, he just looks like he did back. He in actually the, shot like, those maybe? scenes back yeah, in the ori- he, when the original Ghostbusters was filmed, yeah. and they just edited <laughs> it in. I could buy that. I, I caught some of Clueless the other day. He doesn't look any Clueless. different in that. He doesn't, does he? Not used to what he looks like in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Did you see? Yeah, did you see yeah. that video that was put out by the, the the mayor of New York that actually had Paul Rudd as a a young person? He had a skateboard under his arm and a backwards hat. And he was trying to be like lit and cool. And he was basically telling people, go vote. You know, he goes, hi, I'm Paul Rudd. I'm a legit young person. You know, voting is important, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then eventually he just gives up the pretext. He's like, just vote. It's not hard. Go go do it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's classic. Oh, <laughs> very funny up. man. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but uh, we, we know that there's an, a line of action figures called the Plasma Series. And this is, again, we talked sort of face real. This was... Uh, Hasbro's turn at a Ghostbusters line, and we got uh, a number of really cool fig- figures, including uh, all the all the four Ghostbusters, etc. And who doesn't want an Ecto One to go with that? And we had the big reveal. Um, actually, there was a an actual Ecto One parked outside, mm. um, and we got to see the the actual Ecto One toy, which I think everyone was sort of going, "Oh, I don't know about scale; it looks a bit small." And confirmed correctly, it doesn't scale with the six-inch figures. So it's actually a one-eighteenth scale. So slightly smaller than one-twelfth, which it should be to fit the figures. I, I, I mean, don't know how not... you can say it's part of the Plasma series when, yeah. it's, when it's the wrong scale for those Plasma series figures, <laughs> don't, right? Don't. I don't get it. I mean, it's in a Plasma series-style box. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a really... It's, it, it's, it's a frustrating one, and... I get it would be a huge vehicle at that scale, but what is this then? Like, what do you do with it? I I don't quite know. Um, Interestingly, the other thing to point out, it is based on the version from Afterlife. It does look very, you know, authentic and very retro, which you'd expect because it's the same 
vehicle it's a bit more banged up mm. so the you know the doors have a bit of rust around them the bonnet is sort of this black at the top and it fades to white and i suspect i don't know my ghostbusters ecto one like the back of my hand but i suspect suspect some of those little gadgets on the top of the car uh maybe slightly updated yeah uh, they, they just i don't know if it they're looks exactly a little bit like different so they look they look pretty close mm. um so yeah i i don't know that combination of making it from from afterlife and from making it at the wrong scale i think it's going to put a fair few people off i can imagine i can understand the scale from a cost point of view if they had made it to the 112 scale then it's it's almost cost prohibitive right yeah. and it's probably not going to sell that I'm, I'm sure they would have done crunch the numbers i'm positive the designers would have gone let's make the car and then when they've priced it up they've just gone look we can't we can't do it so here's a car be it you know the the, the wrong scale yeah hmm. be very curious to hear what the uh, the guys on um what's the podcast uh, yes have some the uh, yep. the ghostbusters uh, yeah, fans that they think. are here, here, it what, is kind of disappointing. Thoughts. I um, I can see that, you know, from Ghost... And Ben talked about... Um, ben drew our attention to... Or my attention to this, actually, um, when, when this was announced. But I can see that for Ghostbusters fans, this is hugely disappointing because they've been promised something... Well, not promised, but there was a pre-sale pre-order that, that went up that was crowdfunded on Matty Collector a number of years ago. And didn't get there. It didn't hit the numbers required. So uh, there was a six-inch retro-style movie-style Ecto-1 that came so close to hitting production but mm. didn't quite get there. Then to sort of see this and think this is it initially, <laughs> only to have their hopes dashed yet again, I, yeah. I really do feel for those hardcore all-in Ghostbusters fans who thought their dreams had been answered this time only to have them dashed. Hopefully um, HasLab will, will do a crowdfunding version and that'll get off because of the exposure of a film mm, yeah i just wonder how close it is like obviously you won't be able oh, maybe not obviously i suspect at that scale difference you won't be able to fit a six inch figure in the seat it just it just won't work mm. but almost i just wonder at that scale if you were to put this in the background and put your you know um your figures, figures in front of it, it. Yeah, would it? Would you get away? That's the kind of question. I'd love to see those shots when they come out. A bit of forced perspective. You could probably Maybe, make it work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not, yeah, I know to your point, Darren, it's never quite going to appease you, is it? Because it's always just going to feel a little bit wrong. It's always going to feel a little bit wrong when that's what you had your heart set on. Mm. Yes. You know, yep. and, and that's what I think most Ghostbusters fans would want. You know, something that, you know, recreates what, what you had in the vintage canon along with the real Ghostbusters, but lets you do it with movie design figures for those who, who are more drawn to the films. Mm. You know, um, so, you know, but hopefully it's not the last chance at something like that. Mm, oh, we will have to wait and see on that. Look forward to the reviews when people start getting their hands on that to uh, to see what it's like. Uh, something I'm also a little bit underwhelmed with. We're going to moving into my beloved Marvel Legends now, and uh, we're talking about they actually unveiled a new line, and you go, "Wow, a new Marvel Legends line! This should be great." It's a Marvel Legends retro 3.75 inch scaled line of figures now. Uh, as you know, as everybody knows, I'm not a huge fan of that scale anyway. But these are the closest thing I would compare these to is uh, Super Seven Reaction, essentially. Yep. These are 
basic uh, sculpts and paint and articulation, talking like five points of articulation, basically. Um, really sort of dumbed down, maybe, maybe that's not the right word, but simplified versions of the characters you all know, Captain America, Spider-Man, Black Panther, Cyclops, Iron Man, and Electro, because you need a villain in there, apparently. Um, all done in very sort of retro colors. Only one token villain, apparently. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a weird assortment. Iron Man, these are not sort of MCU-styled characters. These are very much straight out the pages of the comics. And there's more evidence to that they're trying to copy the Super 7 model. The card art on these is actually really, really beautiful and for the most part lifted from the comics, as far as I can tell. Yeah. It is the big appeal to me for these figures is mm. that card art. Interestingly, they're obviously going for a retro look. They've even used the Kenner logo yes. on the packaging. Um, look, it's it's going to appeal to a, a certain group of collectors. Um, and maybe this is sort of like, as we talked about in the Star Wars segment, with the increasing price on face reel and super articulated six-inch figures, maybe this is kind of now the kid market because kids aren't mm. paying here in Australia. I can tell you my son's not getting a $60 Boba Fett black series figure for his birthday because at <laughs> no, that price, Trent would never spend that on a toy. <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. Right? No, but it, no. And what it is, I think what it is for kids is at that $60. I mean, when you're saying, Hey, you know, Johnny eight year old, do you want a, a, a single articulated action figure or do you want the latest PlayStation game or the mm. latest Nintendo game yeah. or, you know, that remote control car over there or that uh, helicopter that can fly. Like $60, mm. you can get a pretty decent toy or video game for that. Yep. And that that to me, or a pretty good Lego set, like a, a like a, a good, decent mid-size Lego set. So I just feel that what are kids going to buy in terms of action figures? They're not getting Legends. They're not getting Black Series. Mm. Uh, what are they getting? This is probably what they're getting. So, yep. you know, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it, that's it, fair. I hear what you're saying. Obviously, I'm, I'm the one in the room that doesn't have any kids. What really sort of they were so close to winning me over with this, and I'll talk you through it and explain why. The Kenner logo and everything in the art. I looked at these, and before I realised the scale, my first response was Marvel figures that are in scale with superpowers. Yeah. And then I mm. saw the scale. And I'm like, no, they're not. Yeah. But I would have collected the whole line if I'd been in scale with superpowers. Yep. Yeah. And, and just had had a you know a DC superpowers line and a Marvel equivalent, you know, especially with the Canon logo on, I wouldn't have been able to go past it. Mm. So um almost like a secret so wars close to winning me over or until I saw the Companion scar. line. Yeah, Secret Wars we yeah. Well, you won't have to worry, Darren, because these are pulse exclusives anyway, so you're never gonna find <laughs> them here in them. Australia. I don't have to shed any tears though, do I? <laughs> <laughs> That's the good news. Uh, I believe the they're being offered in two packs, so you get like Spidey and Electro. And the the two packs basically they come in a cardboard box and the box has that really nice artwork of both characters on it. So if you're a big artwork sort of packaging person, then these are really good. Otherwise, probably not my kind of thing. Well, there you go, Frank. You've just proved me wrong. These aren't for kids, are they? They're Haslab. <laughs> there's, no, there's no action figures out there for kids anymore. No, no, that's Don't right. Don't joke about it, that, Trent. That's kind of true. <laughs> not, unless they're, not unless they're like bluey figures or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, they actually look really cool. I want to get some for me. Um, but moving on to other things that I also want to get for me. Now we're talking Marvel Legends proper. 
there was uh, a few new reveals from here. You might have seen in, and I think this was from San Diego, there was a, a, a few clues that Hasbro put out saying, we're going to do these four figures. Clue, figure one has never been done in the six-inch Marvel Legends scale. Figure number two has never received an action figure in any line. Figure number three, and they all these sort of different criteria. These figures actually answered uh, a lot of that. Um, so some of these are from the Avengers game. So we're getting a basically a stealth or a black version of Captain America. Atmosphere Iron Man. He's very much a sort of cobalt blue version of Iron Man. With the builder figure, builder figure figure being Joe Fixit from as the Hulk basically from the game. So Hulk in a big uh, a suit and hat and tie and stuff. If you've never seen him. Also, we are getting a classic Falcon. This is the uh, Falcon before he was made cool again by Anthony Mackie in the, uh, with the large red wings and sort of a red and white uh, costume. We're getting Thunderstrike, who's a bit of a Thor clone, for those that don't know him. Kang the Conqueror. Now, this is uh, one of the answers to those questions that Hasbro were talking about. The only other Kang figure has ever been done was back in like 2013 or something like that, when really early when Hasbro took over the line. So it's great to see Kang. The never-before figure, is the one that's got me excited, is a figure called Jocosta. Now, if you're not familiar with her, she's essentially a female robot, and you're understanding the history. She is basically Ultron decided to create a bride. And so what do you do? You make a female version of yourself, because why wouldn't you? Um, so, yeah, so she's got Ultron sort of power levels. She's never had a figure in anything, not the, you know, the 3.5, the Marvel Universe uh, figures not in toy biz anything so really quite exciting to see her the really interesting part out of this is that these come out uh, on whatever day it was a Saturday less than 24 hours later I saw pictures from US retail of people going oh my god here's Falcon here's Jocosta oh, wow. here's Kang wow, so that's... they must have had these things sitting there ready to go and when Hasbro pushed the button saying alright unleash they've just they've hit shelves 24 hours later very unusual and very cool. More Marvel Legends. We're getting uh, more Spider-Verse figures with uh, one of the strangest builder figures you will ever see. But we're getting a few more uh, direct from Enter the Spider-Verse. We're getting a Miles Morales in sort of his more casual clothes with the unmasked head. We're getting another Spider-Gwen. I feel like we've got one of her recently. She comes with Spider-Ham. Uh, Spider-Ham is only articulated at the head. Other than that, he's just a bit of a, a standing still figure. Uh, we're also getting the a new hand ninja figure. Now, I had to look twice at this because we've only just seen pictures of the what are the what are the GI Joe ones? Are they yeah, red ninjas? Cobra Island yeah. trooper guy. Yep, they're they're almost the same. You yep. just go the ones a different version of the same trooper, six inch red ninja <laughs> with the hood and the mask. Very very crazy. But the builder figure for this wave is a character called Stilt Man. Yep. Now, if you've never heard of Stiltman, I don't blame you. He's super obscure. Do you want to guess what his power is, though? Extendable legs? Pretty much. That his, his, his claim to fame is, I get around on super stilts. <laughs> Hardcore dangerous. Yeah, I know, right? Like, they, yeah. <laughs> it's they, just... they were clearly, yeah. There's a period in, in probably the 70s yep. where they were trying to come up with new characters uh, there's there you know there's some crazy ones out there. Yep. 
Uh, and I think the Batman Lego movie makes a lot of fun of, you know, Condiment King and some of those guys. Yes. But Marvel did it too, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what's interesting is is that the, the legs, obviously being an extendable thing, the legs are actually designed in such a way that if you got a second set or a third set or a fourth set, they can all extend and connect onto each other. The designers actually showed off a picture of a stilt man that was actually standing six feet high because they obviously had enough pieces in the Hasbro warehouse. Um, but the leg pieces, do you want to guess which figure they come with? The Hand Ninja figure. So Very it's, cool. It's already an army builder figure, yep. and you're going to get this piece that is going to be amazingly sought after by collectors. <laughs> Good luck trying to find one of those. Like uh, It's going to be mental. That's genius. The bigger the army, the bigger your stilt man. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work. They also announced they're going to be doing a Bring on the Bad Guys wave. Bring on the Bad Guys was actually a, I think it was a run that Stan Lee and a few others did where it was all about the villains, basically. Um, so they didn't reveal all of it, but we do get to see a look at vintage Dormammu as he appeared in the early comics with a bit of a maroon and red sort of motif. And we get our first look at Arcade, who's... Probably I'd liken him to the Riddler if you're not familiar with the character. He's he's all about sort of tricks and and gadgets more so than having any powers himself. Yeah, never been done before that figure either, so keep your eyes out for him. We're getting more from the House of X Powers of X line. Now, this is a uh, pretty recent run in the comics, but it's getting all the rave reviews. Getting a white Magneto. Uh, I suspect that's just a repaint from what I can see, but it's very striking with the white and sort of black highlights. And we're getting a helmeted version of Charles Xavier, who does not have a wheelchair, because for whatever reason in this story, he doesn't need it. If that's not enough, more retro X-Men. Who doesn't love the retro stuff? Trent is nodding his head. (laughs) Now, these are two slightly controversial. One is Gambit, who you sort of go, well, we got Gambit not that Mm. long ago. This one, different colors to sort of match that real Toy Biz uh, coloring on the chest in particular. The accessories are also painted differently. In the original release, the actual... He's got some uh, throwing effects with the cards and they have energy sort of coming off them. In the original, it's all just the one colored plastic. In this one, the actual playing cards are, you know, painted on, so they look a bit nicer. It's also a new head, um, which one of the original complaints about that new Gambit was his head has just, just looked a bit too anime, I think, whereas this one is much more... Probably closer to what you envisage from the cartoon. And of course, you can't have a Gambit without a Rogue. Now, this has to be one of the most requested sort of re-releases of all time. She's on that beautiful uh, Toy Biz-esque card. Now, of course, it's a little bit famous because the original Rogue done by Toy Biz has that <laughs> horrific face yep. that just... Oh, stuff of nightmares. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. But i got to say, compared to the Rogue from whatever it was, 20... 16 thereabouts in the, in the juggernaut wave that's the yep. one that goes for you know just shy of a hundred dollars these days this face what do we what do we think of rogue's face it's just it's not a bad face but this is rogue yeah, it's, it's a bit off it's a little bit off it's i think it's suffering from a bit of that toy biz um not quite getting it right uh Something, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Trying to pay pay homage to that. (laughs) Maybe they are. I wouldn't have thought you'd want to. No, Um, exactly. Yeah, look, maybe, uh, you know, these things, 
the slightest tweak can make a big difference. Mm. The lips seem very severe. Yep. And maybe the eyebrows, and I, I don't know. It just, yeah, it's not a hundred percent there. Yeah, it'd be I, interesting to see comparison shots between this and the sixteen. Version. Yeah, yeah. When people get them in hand, the annoying thing about these is that they're both Target exclusive. So, as for availability anywhere else, or even within the US, that's going to be very interesting to see who can get their hands on that. Couple more things, and then we're done with Marvel Legends. I promise. Um, we're getting a deluxe comic version of Thanos. Now, everybody knows Thanos as the Josh Brolin uh, Grimace sort of crossover that we got. Um, this is old school comics Thanos in the bright gold uh, and blue suit. He looks fantastic. The only one that's yeah. come close to this was there was a Marvel Select figure. Correct. There's yep. a lot more chunkier though. He was borderline obese, I would say, in terms of his overall proportions. This one looks really, really cool. Yep, got the Infinity Gauntlet there as well. Yeah, um, yeah, love, love the look of this. He, he really pops. Uh, there was a Silver Surfer as well. Yes, All yeah. exclusive. Yeah, this is a Silver Surfer Black, where essentially instead yep. of silver, he's got like a real black wash to him. Essentially, he comes with Thor's hammer, I believe, for yes. for that run in the comic books. Yeah. Uh, and then they tease no details on when this is coming, but Firestar finally, which is. The one you can finally complete that Spider-Man and his amazing friends Dio you've been waiting to do all these years um, and get her. No idea when, it'll at least be 2021 and then some. So great to see her finally added to the collection. Well, Marvel Legends collectors need some spare money for food. (laughs) So thanks for holding a few off, Hasbro. Very generous of you. Too much. Um, (laughs) Moving on to G.I. Joe and... The classified series that is the six-inch scale figures that we have been getting in G.I. Joe is continuing full steam ahead with another assortment. Uh, We've got four new figures revealed or sort of new. Um, Zartan, which is very cool. If you remember the old Zartan figure, you could swap his faces out. Master of Disguise, that sort of thing. So very cool. Maintains that original action feature. Comes with uh, a swappable face. We've got the Cobra Viper. We've got Firefly and the Cobra Infantry. I love, I mean, the, the infantry looks great. And I think we've seen um, him before, maybe as part of that Cobra Island sort of wave. But the Cobra Viper uh, just looks stunning, in my opinion. Mm. Um, unfortunately, again, there's some, some exclusives here. Firefly and the Viper are target exclusives, whereas Zatan and the Cobra Infantry Soldier will be regular releases. So some mixed news there in terms of availability. But again, uh, this line's been a little bit maligned for maybe going a bit too far away and modernizing the uh, the, the figures a little bit. Hmm. I think actually my take on it is the sculpts are really, really good uh, for the most part. And it's just some of those color choices. I've seen a lot of the 3D renders. And you go, wow, look at that Duke. And then you sort of see the way they've applied the paint and you go, oh, it's a little bit off. Mm. Um, but but these are looking, in my opinion, fairly fairly vintage inspired and, and pretty cool. And then speaking of vintage, we, we had seen the three and three quarter inch line. Um, we'd seen that get a bit of, um, again, you know, is it what is it meant to be? They're not exactly reissues. They're updates, more articulation. They're on the vintage style cards like a continuation almost of the 25th anniversary stuff new figures uh this time include roadblock 
we've got Scarlet and Destro. And then a beautiful vehicle. Uh, we've got the Cobra Fang. Um, I, I love these vehicles. I think the uh, they're, they're great, little, nice size for your figure. Not too big, probably not too expensive. And the box art is beautiful. We saw some in-package pictures of Scarlet. She's looking, her color scheme's looking very, very classic, uh, like the very first release of Scarlet uh, with sort of the uh, mustard-colored um, torso and, and gray arms, that sort of thing. Again, the, the oversized blister or the elongated blister to house the additional accessories, which is probably my preference would have been to shrink the blister down and pack it behind the figure. But these these are pretty cool. Destro is looking very cool. Roadblock, I'm not 100% convinced on the color of his kind of uh, vest that he's got there, mm. sort of like a, a, a lime green. Um, but yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. They're, they're pretty cool. And I think... Uh, have fun tracking them down because they're all Walmart exclusives. <sighs> yes, because of course they are. <clears throat> <laughs> all right, moving on to another one of my loves. We are talking Transformers. Now, leading into this, we had a number of teasers and leaks that sort of hinted at this, uh, but Beast Wars is back, baby. Like, uh, And I cannot be more excited for this. Uh, this also coincides with the 25th anniversary of Beast Wars, so I guess this was always going to be on the cards. Uh, there are what's interesting about this. This is the Kingdom line we're talking about: Kingdom War for Cybertron trilogy, Transformers, stupidly long name. Um, is that these? They are mixing and matching. So you can get a Kingdom. Not all the Kingdom toys are Beast Wars related. You will get some very G1 inspired things. Basically, they went on to say that as far as the storyline, it's a bit of a some sort of time paradox, time paradox hand-waving MacGuffin type thing where they basically an excuse to create whatever figures they want into the same <laughs> line. They'd never do that, would they? No. Story- it sound like the story is being tailored around the figures. Than <laughs> the around. The toy companies don't do that. No, right? they haven't been doing that since the 80s at all. Like, <laughs> um, one of the things they have done as part of this line is introduce a new class. This is what they're calling the core class. Now, these are smaller than a Scout. These are very much, well, that G.I. Joe size, that 3.75-inch figure. Um, I think this is probably in response to, as we sort of touched on with some other lines, the rising cost of toys. These being that much smaller, these are the sort of Transformers that are a bit of a, a gateway drug for the little kids, I suspect. But some of the things we got to see were, I'm going to go through these in the various classes. In the core class, we've got Rat Trap, of course. That was the one that sort of leaked early. Uh, new ones called uh, Vertebrake and Draxcorex. Now, these are what's known as bone bots. They're basically doing things that in uh, their alternate mode, they are appear as if they're like dinosaur skeletons, and then they transform into a robot, which is, which is kind of an interesting take on the whole Beast Wars mythology. Uh, we're getting in the Deluxe class, we're getting Cheetor, we're getting a Black Arachnia, we're getting Warpath. This Warpath looks amazing. So Warpath, one of the original mini-bots, one of my favorites in that sort of uh, very 80s line. A Deluxe-sized Warpath has been a long time between drinks. Uh, there's another Paleotrex, I think, in that um, Deluxe class. Voyages, we're getting a really good-looking Cyclonus. Super G1 accurate. I feel like we get Cyclonus yep. nearly every year. Um, in varying, you know, degrees of accuracy, but he's going to look really good in amongst your uh, your G one tributes, I think. 
Also in that Voyager class, there's a Beast Wars Optimus Primal, and he looks really, really cool. The arms have even been specially articulated so that in uh, Beast mode, he can thump his chest like a silverback gorilla would. And of course, the big one, which was also sort of teased slash spoiled, a Beast Wars Megatron leader class in the giant purple T-Rex that looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, and look, we got this version of the figure in the Takara Tomy Masterpiece line, and Mm. it was a very, very expensive figure. It was one I collect Masterpiece, and I didn't jump in on it just purely because of the price point. That was a a good point, I think, in my collecting of Masterpiece to jump out. Yep. Because uh, I think some of those figures, you know, the Optimus Prime reissue in G1 was was getting very expensive. I think he was retailing here for about seven hundred dollars. Um, but you know, if you missed out on him, it's a great way to get a very cool looking figure yep. for probably a quarter of the price. Mm. And he looks. I mean, my preference, if I had him, would display him in T Rex mode because that big purple T Rex just looks insane. Yep. But it looks amazing. Like you almost. Apart from the legs, you almost can't tell this thing transforms. That's how clean this figure looks. Mm. Um, But also great in robot mode. Yep. The other cool thing we got out of this was a a lovely piece of artwork that was sort of designed as a bit of a a splash page, sort of um, both teasing, looks like the old sort of almost catalog stuff artwork you get on the front of those. And this has got a mishmash of figures that have been announced, figures that are no doubt probably coming. Uh, there's like a Galvatron and a few other ones. I think there's a Trailbreaker and stuff if you look closely. What's really interesting is right in the back of this, a figure standing about the size of a volcano. Now, Trent, I don't know if you can have a look at that. Can you tell me what you think that figure is? I, I'm i seeing it. He's huge. Yep. Um, have a look I've at the legs. I've got no idea. No, nothing. No, that is the Ark transformed as a robot how good that is really cool (laughs) so i mean nothing confirmed that's literally the only image we've seen but this is that's what they reckon is going to be the next titan class so you know you think your big metroplexes and tripticons and all those sorts of things you get the arc i did now did is there any history to him being a robot no No, i mean look i would yeah see that's but that's cool idea the fact that it makes sense. They mm. transform, right? Why yeah. not have the Ark as a transformer? Yeah. Uh, I mean, then the natural question from that is, if you get the Ark, do you get the Nemesis ship as well? Like Galvatron's <laughs> big purple ridiculous spaceship. Like, that would be super cool. Yep. Su- super expensive, but super cool nonetheless. That's what Haslab's there for. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Uh, we also got a bit of a, a teaser for the new Netflix series that, that goes along with this, the Earthrise series. Uh, I don't know if you boys have had a chance to watch that. It's only just come out in the last day or two. It sort of follows on directly from the Netflix series that we all sort of watched and spoke to. I won't spoil it because it is sort of brand new. Um, But go out and have a watch of that. Kind of, yeah, there's a few character reviews in that where you're like, oh, they're doing those guys. All right, interesting to see how it all ties together. Something else that's very interesting, still on Transformers, is the Transformers Red series, R-E-D, Robot Enhanced Designs. These are basically Marvel Legends for Transformers. They do not transform, so a bit of a strange name when you think about it. But, coolly, in the first wave, we saw a lot of the G1s, of course, um, Optimus Prime, Megatron, Soundwave. Now they've just proven that in Wave 2, they can do whatever the hell they want. They're pulling stuff from Transformers Prime with R-C, and they're also going Beast Wars with Cheetor. These look very cool. Lots of alternate hands, 
blasting effects, energon crystals. Um, what do we think of these? This is a bit of a surprise, this one. Oh, look, I'm a huge G1 fan. I make no bones about it. But I am I was pumped to see these because I think um, a lot of, like, the these designs translate really, really well into action figures without, you know, having to worry about the, uh, the transformations. Mm. Uh, in particular, the RC being that slender figure. RC always has that challenge in transforming where quite often a lot of the heft of the figure transforms into like a little backpack or something. Mm. And then she's basically just a figure that almost slots into that in transformation mode. So I think this is a very clever and exciting use and it kind of opens the door to say, you know, look, it's not just all about G1. Transformers history spans a lot of properties and we're going to give a bit of love to all these other properties. So good on them for making that call early on and for picking figures that I think translate really nicely into this, you know, non-transformable Marvel Legends style look. Yep, yep, agreed. You know, they look cool. Yeah, I, I'm kind of hoping they go big with this. I want Cybertron, I want Armada, I want some really off-the-wall stuff because you're right as far as the design that an effort that goes into making these figures they don't have to worry about the joints and transformation and all that sort of stuff it'll be a they can take a really cool looking robot and that's what you get so i'm happy with that speaking of cool looking cool looking robots to round out this transformers talk it's also the 10th anniversary of transformers prime now this is another one anyone who's seen it generally loves this series all cg uh, animated but amazing series with some pretty cool toys as part of this we're getting what's called hades megatron this is basically a redeco of the voyager figure with amazing chrome on the he's got chrome on his head chrome on his shoulders looking a bit like shredder uh and in various parts in ship mode with sort of translucent uh purple bits i could see Ben getting really into this as a, as it's a villain. It's got that sort of purple and black color scheme. We know he's a fan of, uh, and just calling it, you know, Shredder's uh, Gundam suit or something like that. Um, comes with a huge cachet of weapons as well. The other cool thing is, as someone who collected this line back in the day, they're finally releasing a, a stateside release of Breakdown and the Jet Vehicon. Vehicons in the show with the the clone troopers, if you will, to cannon fodder. And they released a couple of cars, and in the show, they would transform from cars into flying cars or jets. That was only... These two figures were only ever released in Japan. Uh, I attempted to get the breakdown figure because he's actually a kind of integral part of the show, story-wise. Crazy expensive to get over here. He's a big, bulky, sort of Voyager-sized figure. So wonderful that um, fans will be able to get a hold of him. Uh, even if it is 10 years since the end of the show. Yeah, nice I love the... time to celebrate, though. Sorry, yeah. Trent. No, um, look, it is a good way to celebrate. You're correct. Oh, look, that flying car, that black, sleek, almost kit from Knight Rider, yeah. sort of, it, it, it's an impressive-looking vehicle. So, you know, and like you say, um, Frank, for the other guy, uh, the big blue truck. Break, breakdown. Um, yeah. Breakdown, yeah. You know, long time maybe waiting for this, but great that they're going back and filling in those gaps. That's wonderful. Yep. Definitely. All right, it's Morphin time as we round out the uh, Pulse Con with some mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And I tell you what, I feel old when they're doing retro figures of figures that came out after I was a kid. So <laughs> what is what is retro for the next generation of toy collectors? But that's, that's super cool to see that um, they're going back and doing almost that Bandai, you know, style yeah. of original packaging. Um, I've got to be honest. Retro, it's retro. It's I, retro. It must be retro. But 
it didn't look good then, and it doesn't look good twenty years <laughs> no, later. I've got to be honest. No, like, I, look, I mean, well, but if that's I, your, if you were that perfect age when that came yeah. out and that was your line, you're going to be delighted to see it again. Oh, look, there's well, there's there's a you're, you're there's, looking at it from a dull eyes. Yeah, but I, I remember looking at it with you know relative speaking teenage or kid eyes when this came out and just went they look horrid like i get what they're going for what we're talking about are the the auto morphing changing ones so these are the ones with the heads would flip around and you go from helmeted head to to unmasked head anyone who remembers those from the the original yeah. stuff goes oh my yeah. they're just these huge torso in order to fit that gimmick inside of it these yeah. days you do that with just a swappable head but <laughs> to your point they've gone retro is retro and yep you uh you're getting retro <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it looks like it looks like the character has swallowed a refrigerator, <laughs> essentially, and that's sort of sit, nestling in the, in the tummy uh, region. Uh, look, you, you almost—I uh, use this term very loosely—you almost get away with this with the male characters, but the female characters—it's <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Um, it's just so—it's so off. But look, it's a quick change feature, yeah. and and I remember seeing the ads for it. You know, you'd press the button, it would flip. It wasn't like you had to, you know, like. Uh, mutating turtles figures mm. you know again a little bit oversized not as bad as this but you'd have to pull them apart swap the head around yeah, it's a transformation together, sequence yeah this is a quick flip change so maybe that means it's a little bit bulkier but look it's all done in retro packaging mm, like the bandai right. figures obviously they've now put the hasbro label on them there we're getting wave one we get the red black blue pink ranges so pretty much the, the bulk of them, four out of four out of six, maybe they'll do. Um, yeah, they, Hasbro uh, Hasbro already questioned on. Hey, that's not the whole team. They went just relax. This is wave yeah. one. There will be a wave two, and you get the the missing rangers. Yeah, I suspect that that had to make sense. It's a Walmart exclusive, of course, due in spring twenty twenty one. So yeah, that's I think that's pretty cool. Mm. But probably for me, the more exciting part of these reveals are new lightning collection. Figures. And this is where Ben gives his shout out. I think this is the only Power Rangers figure Ben has in his collection. And we all know Ben loves to get things that look cool and work in with other lines, even if he doesn't necessarily collect the line itself. And the figure I'm talking about here is King Sphinx. He is a very Egyptian themed, very bulky looking figure, gray with almost the King Tutankhamun kind of headpiece going down to the shoulders. Um, Big gargoyle-style wings, big almost lion-like face, um, part gargoyle, part lion. Very, very cool-looking figure. Um, he's, I think he's he's a larger scale. Mm. So I think, I don't know what these normally retail at, about maybe $20 US, something what? around that mark. This one is going to be $29.99. And it makes sense. He is, he is bigger and, and bulkier. Coming in spring, 2021 and then finally i know we're rounding out lightning collection with green ranger we did get a different a quite a retro version of the green ranger in a two-pack with the putty patrol but this is the more accurate suited green ranger with alternate head um he he comes uh yeah with that interchangeable head he's got his knife and his sword we also are getting the z putty and the Dino Thunder Red Ranger. The Z Putty, I think he has the same head sculpt as the Putty Patrol, but uh, different torso and different arms. Yep. So, yeah, that's 
looking very, very cool. Um, we are also getting uh, the first re-release or reissue, uh, and that is the uh, Gold Ranger is being re-released with this set to round out the four. He was a uh, Gold Ranger, the, or the White Ranger, Wave One. Was it the White Ranger? Yeah, sorry, White Ranger. Yeah, yep, White Ranger. Um, he was a Wave One figure, I think, with the Tommy Oliver head, um, uh, head. So yeah, so if you missed him, can can go back and get him in this assortment. But I thought it's great. It, it sort of signifies the end of uh, collecting those those very iconic first team power rangers now so mm. yeah super cool what's interesting the other thing with this wave seven is target are getting a suit basically taking that wave seven and target are getting exclusive versions of these figures. the same figure but they've got exclusive packaging on them that they're advertising as the spectrum series and they've got and it is honestly really nice packaging it start, looks from the front of the box it looks like you're getting a side profile of the character like his artwork down the side and it wraps around to to the side of the box so it's a bit of a you know you get a bit of a, a bit of an angled look and a, a bit of a nice artwork there what's interesting is that is that's the only difference so in terms of how to do an exclusive if you yep. really want these shiny new uh, packaging, you have to go to Target to get it. But the actual figures are still getting a regular release on the same card as, as all your other stuff. In, a, in, a, in an era where we're seeing entire figures be exclusive to one store and, and instant sellouts and really hard to get, this is a nice way to do exclusives, I think, where it's the same figure, but if you want the shiny U-Butte packaging, that's where you get your exclusives from. Yeah, that that I think... To me, as a collector that likes these things to be accessible and available, a very clever thing to do. I did also know, and this might be something different. I don't have it on the run sheet, but there were some like powered up versions. I saw the Pink Ranger in almost yes. like a translucent with glitter in it. Yeah, um, that was a, a one-off uh, something that is canon yeah. to the show, I believe. But yeah. yes, and and the one I did miss, which is wacky, and when I don't I don't know it from the show, but it's the weirdest looking figure. You know, for me, it's like a what's he called? The pumpkin wrapper. <laughs> and it's like a, a guy dressed in a pumpkin suit, and his head is an oversized upside down jack o' lantern. Yep. It's it's bizarre. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you follow the show, you'll know what I'm talking about. And it might make some sense to you. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a it almost looks like a Funko Pop. It's so <laughs> bobble-headed. Like I, I didn't I didn't think this was actually a lightning collection figure. When I saw the picture of it, yeah, this is actually part of that. This guy and the King Sphinx you shout out before, they're doing a, a monsters series now. Power Rangers, of course, there's a million different ranges and stuff, but as we all know, they have a different villain of the week just about every week, and this is part of that. So they're actually taking some of the more iconic villains that inevitably grow large, blah blah blah, uh, and doing figures of those. And I think it's really smart because to me, this is almost it's Playmates esque, right, in terms of the sheer madness of variety you're going to get out of these wacky villains that don't have a huge part of the lore but you sort of sit there and go a set of these in all the the crazy different varieties you could get a set of these would look cool and they, they could fit into other lines that aren't necessarily associated with them yeah no very very good idea you're right uh, did i now correct me if i'm wrong did i see a megazord was there there was not the classic Megazord from like the the dinos that we remember from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. This was the Power Rangers Zeo, I think, which was yep. the first or second sort of reboot of the show. Um, 
it was tagged as retro, which kind of makes me think they've just taken the original toy and re-released it. Um, I didn't recognize it. Honestly, again, it's one of those things that could fit in next to a Voltron figure. It did look oversized. You think sort of yep. your, your Toy Biz um, builder figure um, sort of scale. Um, more so than, yeah, certainly bigger than a six-inch figure. Um, yeah, I did see that. I didn't, I don't have much. I couldn't even tell you. If you handed me that figure, I couldn't have told you where it was from, to be honest. But yep. very cool that they're giving, you know, a bit of love to something other than just the, you know, the the first original team. Yeah, I think that's, and they've been very careful to space out, you know, some of the other iterations of, of Power Rangers and, mm. and interweave them throughout the lines, which is which you, you kind of have to do when one property is stronger, maybe in the public perception than the others. Yeah, definitely. Well, that that's it. That's PulseCon for 2020, the inaugural PulseCon. Um, look, great reveals. I think when you look at this, there's a lot of good stuff there. For me, it's been tainted by the price increase is sort of mm. the big news news item. We know that they're great at making toys and we love the toys and they've got some great licenses under their belt. But this is an interesting time. We, we, you know, and I know Darren didn't, doesn't want me joking about it. You know, these toys are now becoming closer and closer to, to a very exclusive hobby mm. where, you know, not everyone can partake in it due to the, the financial costs. And in my opinion, when you say, I don't want you to joke about it. I think that's a legitimate point that you've just raised. I don't think you're right. It's, it's not, no, a it's joke. not a joking matter. It's no, not a sort of matter. It no. is. It is becoming a hobby of privilege, which I think is a tragedy because, you know, for so long it has been a hobby that's been relatively accessible to a mass audience, you know, if they should wish to partake. So that saddens me. It saddens the social worker in me, I guess, who, who likes to think about accessibility and, and you know, an egalitarian um, situation, I guess, I understand there are things at play, but I also wonder how long can it go on like this? You know, you, mm. you know, Scott Knight like used to talk about it when he was, um, you know, as Toy Guru when he was the brand manager for Master Universe Classics, and I think it applies to the whole industry. The biggest threat he used to say that Master Universe Classics wasn't anything other than, you know, the line could reach a point where fans can no longer afford to pay for it or are unwilling to pay for it. Mm. At, you know, um, because things go up, you, you know, wages are not growing to match, to match the, the cost increases at the moment. I don't think anyway. No, no, they're not. Not when you talk about a $40 figure or $35 figure going to $60. Mm. Uh, in the case of the Boba Fett from Black Series, I'd say that's very, very high. Whether that's considered the deluxe figure didn't look like it to me, but there could be something in that one of our patrons i think it was john caulfield did say well you know the other side to this is boy does it make the vintage prices look more far more appealing and i think there's almost this maybe this switching that might go on mm. i think so prices I, I think go so. Up too much on on modern people go why am i paying 60 dollars for a new figure when i can go back and get that one from my childhood for 60 dollars yeah know? yeah, so yeah i think so interesting i think dynamic well, I and i've found myself switching now. Yep. People need to vote with their wallets and uh, then the price of modern stuff might start to come down. Who knows? It, it so, is a topic worth te- teasing out on a future episode when we have more time to unpack it, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. Speaking you of... Know, it really is. 
but and and it'd be good to get Ben's perspective on it because obviously he collects a lot of vintage toys and he sort of yep. you know uh, his ratio to vintage versus modern stuff I think would be a fascinating fascinating insight. Speaking of uh, people voting with their wallets and people named Ben, we have to give a shout out to our newest Patreon, Mr. Ben Rosenthal of the Hack the Dino podcast. Thank you for supporting us, mate. Much appreciated. I uh, did send you an invite to our Discord, but you, I fully understand if you've got enough going on with all the stuff you're doing with the green stream and, and your Hack the Dino stuff and the, what was the other show Ben was on? The um, Retro, Retro Trigger. Yep. So yeah, look, check out some of Ben's stuff. If you like... Talking about nerdy stuff, but with 100% more video games, then Hack the Dino is the place to be. But anyway, Ben, thank you very much for getting on board with us. Yeah, no, great to have Ben on board. Speaks very well. We're very entertaining. We've, we've had Ben on one of our very early episodes and, and always great to talk to him. I actually get to go on the, the new podcast. Um, I won't spoil what topic we're talking about, but yeah, it's one that is... I think we might even make it a two-parter. There's just going to be oh, so wow. much in okay. Awesome. Cool. So very, very cool. First, Ben, uh, then you, Trent. I'm insanely jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it's only a matter. I think it's a monthly release, so it's only a matter of time, Darren, before you get the call up. And, and oh, I doubt it. But... <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rosenthal. Uh, on that Seriously, note... thanks for backing the show. We, yeah, we really it's fantastic. It. On that note, we will say a massive thank you to all our patrons for all your beautiful contributions on the Discord and for everyone who tunes in again. We've had a lovely couple of reaches out uh, and and um, some fans getting in touch, which has been wonderful, always is great, and some really great guests lining up for the show to come on, which is superb. Um, we hope to see you around the Toy Isles and catch you around. And stay well and take care, everyone. And until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast. At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us. Toy Power Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher. And please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but... Yeah. Oh, oh, oh.